0: This podcast is brought to you by ThamesCon, bringing conventions to Oxford and London, including The Great Conjunction, the first ever dark crystal convention in the world. For more information, visit their website at www.thegreatconjunction.com. Another world, another time, in the Age of Wonder. You are listening to.
1: Trial by Stone! Trial by Stone!
2: Dea Tea, Dea Tea!
1: Your vital essence, of the dark crystal.
2: Kida, Kida! Come, come, see for yourself.
1: Oru Goru!
2: How very uh, interesting! Dea Tea! I feel the song of Thra in my heart. Now go, you heroes of Thra!
3: Hello and welcome to Trial by Stone, the Dark Crystal Podcast. I'm your host, Sydney, and uh, today I am honored and privileged to have the ladies of the glorious ladies of puppetry with me today for our first ever ladies night at Trial by Stone. Woo! Woo! Um, just gotta say thank you to uh, our three special guests, three special guests, very, very special today. First of all, we have the legend herself, Louise Gold. Thank you so much for being here. How are you today? Woo-hoo.
2: I am so thrilled to be here with my lovely, lovely friends. I wish I was there in person with them, but I love them so much and I'm so happy to see the beautiful faces.
3: And of course we have uh, Donna Kimball, the uh, Mother thra herself. How are you today? Hello,
2: I'm
4: great. It's wonderful to be here with you, Sydney. And Louise and, and Alice, my, my fellow glops, love you guys. And, yeah. and, and Looking at Louise and her sparkly Christmas cheer. For, She's uh, just
3: stunning, absolutely sparkling beautiful. And Alice Dineen, of course, it's amazing to uh, speak with you again. Alice Dineen was my first interview ever. And now here we are again, full circle, almost a year later. How are you today, Alice?
1: I'm great, Sydney. Thank you. Thanks for having us uh, on today for a, it's a sort of a dark crystal adjacent uh, conversation today, but lots of overlap.
3: Hey, the the crystal shard has many facets.
2: (laughs) Room of uh, Dark Crystal.
3: Absolutely, yeah. So uh, I have to dive right into talking about. Um, should we call it Glop? I feel like I I love I love that. First of all, whoever's idea that was to <laughs> to shorten it to uh, such a fun, um, amazing acronym. So I, I want to dive right into that, glorious ladies of puppetry. First of all very well done i have to commend everyone involved for um utilizing this this time that we have right now um, to really create something genuinely special so well done! Um, congratulations on it's five episodes now, right? We have yes. So thank fun. you. Uh, um,
4: yes, the the sixth episode is uh, forthcoming. It will be a musical episode. It sort yes. of sums up all of them, but uh, it's it's a it's and it's all tw- twenty of us. So uh, on the other side of this wall, my partner Rich Prince is uh, editing away. There's like s- smoke trails coming out of the room. He's editing so hard.
2: Um, so yeah. Done the most amazing job. Oh my
1: goodness. Yeah. You would we're we're all completely in awe of his uh his editing prowess on this one. Gotta give him lots of props.
3: So take us back to the, the birth of the of this project. I mean of course you've all been working together for for years and years and i'm sure you guys all had already just stories and inside jokes and it's a whole world amongst yourselves between the three of you and, and everyone else involved so how did this specific project come about somebody just kind of roll out of bed and you know get on another zoom meeting and go we can do this better <laughs> how did um <laughs> how, how was glob born
1: well, the acronym's been around for a really long time. And it is fun to say. It's just fun to say GLOP. We're GLOP, you know. And, and, but it's literally decades people have been saying that and joking about it. Um, and uh, we have talked in the past about, you know, oh, we got to gotta make a T-shirt. Or um, just this, there's never been anything formal, though, even, even as much as a T-shirt or, or a bumper sticker until Donna called us up during lockdown.
4: Yeah, uh, I uh, I had reached out to Alice and said, should we have like a glop happy hour, sort of a check in? How's your pandemic going? And um, and that didn't happen. We just sort of got busy with other things. And um, I was recording Fraggle Rock Rock on here at home with a green screen and a ring light and some fill lights and an iPhone four uh, iPhone eleven shot in four K. Uh, and a separate mic and so I had the setup here and a lot of puppeteers were talking about acquiring their own setup at home so everyone could shoot at home so I knew a lot of people were in that process and um so that was kind of happening at the, at the same time sort of on a parallel track and and um so I'd reached out to Alice about a happy hour and that didn't happen and then um then the racial protests in, um, in our country started over the summer, and I, I thought, well, maybe we should have a larger conversation about representation and, and representation of women in puppetry, representation of women of color in puppetry. And, and then the, I think Puppeteers of America did that and did it very well. So then... Um, I don't know if you saw Sydney, there was a, um, a version of princess bride that was done for Quibi. Oh yes. Yeah. With all the celebrities shooting from home, very low (laughs) tech. And it was so funny. And I thought, well, what if we shot something? Maybe we could just shoot something if everyone's got their own setup. And so I reached out to Alice and said, what do you think about this? And she thought it was a swell idea. And then I said, "I, I think I want Colleen to, to write for it." Colleen Smith is, um, uh, began as an improviser and she's done a ton of henson shows now she came in through the puppet up workshops the the improv uh workshops that um and shows that henson does and um i knew colleen had worked with louise years ago there was a game show in england i think which i'll, I'll let you talk about in a second uh, <laughs> but uh but then um yeah we just i asked colleen to write it and so she, she said, oh, I just thought you were gonna ask me to puppeteer on it. Sure, I'll write it. <laughs> and then the three of us had a Zoom and she pitched about a dozen premises to us. And we liked the campfire stories. We liked the story within a story. But I said, it just needs to be funny, short, and with as many women as possible. <laughs> and just really quick and pacey. And, uh, and once we settled on the premise, Two hours later, she had written five scripts and emailed them to us. And I think three of them we ended up using. Lady of the Flies was one. Lady Doctor was one. I don't remember what the other one was. And then we just made a list of all the puppeteers we knew. And Colleen said, we have to have Louise Gold. We have to. We just have to have her. And um, so we we just made a list of all the puppeteers we knew from all over the world. We came up with, with around 60 and growing. And uh, we went for diversity first. Is that
1: right, Alice? When you said Yeah uh, yeah, I mean they're, they're, what we didn't want to do was just do it ourselves or with the same people that had been doing everything for a really long time. We said let's let's get some newer people in here let let's, let's, let's uh, give you know because we, we sort of saw it as just kind of an opportunity to stay to stay fresh to do something on camera. Um, we We talked about you know, doing Zoom workshops and things, which wound up happening on very, very light level, but um, just kind of bringing more people in and letting it be an opportunity for, uh, just for community building and um, just, for, just for fun. Um, so there was no point in doing it with people that we already had, you know, that we'd already worked with over and over.
3: I mean, I, I think the fun definitely comes across. It's it's fun to experience through it, and somehow maybe just because I have the inside knowledge of you know having all these associations with the names that I see on the credits and oh, and uh, knowing all the things that everyone has done. Um, but for me, I get a sense of that that sort of kinship and that um, that importance as I'm as I'm watching it, just in these little these little clips, and it's it's awesome. I think the the world definitely needs uh, things like that right now. It's, it's really cool how you guys struck that balance between giving an important message to the world. Like you're talking about community, inclusivity, um, diversity, but also just reminding everybody like, Hey, we can still um, see the glass half full and take what we have and make something out of it even during a time like this. So really, really amazing. And, um, Louise, what what about you? Your experience um, hopping onto this project? Did you, um, I'm I'm sure it was terribly exciting for you.
2: I was so thrilled. I love Colleen. We'd done the puppet game show together, which sadly wasn't a trial, but I loved working with her because, you know, Dark Crystal, again, on Age of uh, Resistance, to work with so many women puppeteers, and you forget how joyous it is. And when Colleen... One of the producers of Public Game Show said, oh, we didn't know how you'd get on with Colleen, you know, another woman. I thought, what? It was joyous to work with her. It was just joyous. She is so funny. She is so lovely. She, you know, I just, it was it was a joy. And so to be asked to do this and part of this, you know, partly I was sitting around doing nothing in lockdown anyway, but, but to be part of this I... I, I I just want to cry thinking about it because I love these people. And I didn't know a lot of the people, but Pam Marciero I've known for years and years. You know, Alice I only met on Dark Crystal, Donna. So I haven't known them. But but I'm just Leslie. You know, these people are amazing, awesome, awesome. So <laughs> fun. And that's really part of this. And then to be it was so fun because I had Donna and Colleen getting up in the middle of their night to direct me and on Zoom while I was in London from California. You know, what a ridiculous thing. And then to make it look like we're all in the same room and that we were all there having fun together. It's incredible what they achieved. I'm just And I am honoured to be part of it. I'm so honoured. It's just joyous. I have to say it it was
3: was to be in the same room with you. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. Um, I'm just sparkling and glowing right now from my soul, from all of the love that's happening right now. I can't. Um, So first of all, kind of just blew my mind a little bit to hear Donna talk about filming Fraggle Rock from her, from her house (laughs) with with an iPhone. I mean, what, what an age that we, that we are in right now that, that, this iconic, legendary show that I could not have had a childhood without, and now it's, you know, being created from the comfort of your home with, with your phone. Um, so how does working under those kinds of circumstances, I mean, pandemic aside, if we, if we can possibly say that, <laughs> but just the circumstances of, uh, being able to film from your phone, working over Zoom, directing from afar as opposed to having a director, you know, right in your face with a camera, I mean, how has it compared to everything else for, for each of you? I mean, ha- is it comparable to anything that's happened up until this point or is it really just a whole new world of creation that um, you're kind of figuring out as you go? <laughs>
1: Well, people have their areas of expertise for a reason, you know, there are, there are camera operators and sound people and lighting people and, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to, I mean, I I was never quite in a position of having to do all of those things for myself the way that Donna was because I just went over to Donna's house and shot there with lots of masks son so and we were very sorry right. um yeah. we but, created um,
4: a separate a separate room my daughter was away at school at that time and so we created like a separate entrance their own bathroom and we cleaned and sterilized it and then we zoomed from the other room so we created a contactless shooting space if people didn't want didn't have their own stuff or didn't want to bother with it so we'll aside yeah. there go ahead so Alice. sorry to
1: interrupt no 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 it's not but uh but i i know that um not only for this project and for Fraggle Rock, but for several several other things that are that are happening concurrently, stuff for uh, Sesame Street and Muppets and so on. They're all shooting. They're all shooting in their homes, and they've all got puppets being shipped back and forth across the country, and costumes and this and that. And so, it, people are really making a good effort and doing it. I don't think it's um, you know it's not ideal. Uh, but at the same time, it, it was uh, sometimes when you're very, very constrained, it can it can spark some creativity so that uh, it, with, without all the constraints, I don't think we would have done this. Right. So I'm I'm not uh, I'm not sorry uh, that it, the, you know, that it had to be done that way. But it's not. No, I mean, it's, we're not all going to switch to doing this
2: this way forever.
1: It's I mean, great being
2: back on a set. I'm, at the moment, doing as an actress a, self, a self-tape a self course, and I think for puppeteers, I'm doing it with actors, but we're very used to framing ourselves. We kind of direct, because we work with a monitor, we're used to making pictures. That wasn't necessarily helpful for GLOP because, because of the green scheme thing, Rich was going to be moving us all, so that was harder to tell because we're used to seeing the frame and going, okay, that picture looks better if I'm slightly over and there's another, but I can see how that works. So we always direct ourselves to a degree, that, that actors don't normally. Right, we're
4: always composing, we're, we're always composing the frame. So yeah, when, and adjusting our composition, adjusting our eye lines for something like glop, um, It was different, for for Fraggle Rock Rock On, um, all the camera, uh, the characters were all facing camera and communicating that way. In GLOP, they were in the same space together. So they actually physically interacted. I think if you saw some of the episodes, we have characters that slap one another, characters that almost kiss one another. And they were sometimes on different continents. So um, in a way, I feel like technically, we might've achieved something that puppets one of the rare things that puppets can do better than people can do, which is appear to be be shot separately and then be put together because, you know, a, an eye, a puppet eyeline is a little more forgiving than, a, of course, a human eye line. So, and how we, we would shoot it was, you know, shooting every character in the center of frame. And I would just always adjust, okay, this character's closer is closer to you so a little more have their eyeline a little more off lens and this character's taller than you so keep it up so right there that's the sweet spot stay right there so that's where that character is and this character is on this side of you and um so it was a lot of uh, a lot of moving parts it was really helpful to storyboard in advance to to keep it all straight but it
2: really was kind of just lived in my head. Um, I'm, a, a so, I'm so in awe of what you did, Donna. To, to know how that would all fit together, I just... Oh. Donna
1: storyboarded the whole thing, all of them, using her daughter's toys. Um, and she set them all up, rel- their relative positions, and then photographed them where she wanted the angles to, to be. And so you could get the overs and the, and the cross shots. There were never ever, ever was there more than one puppet shot at a time, not once. Yeah,
4: it's, I, I don't draw. (laughs) I started to draw and I was like, ah, this is going to take forever. So I thought, okay, what? And I just started looking around at what I had and we have some chicken run plush, which I got for her when she was five. A whole set of them, because they have these giant puppety kind of eyeballs. It's yeah.
3: so funny. I love that movie. Yeah. That and then she
4: has <laughs> Star Wars Funkos. Uh, so I wanted something different for the campfire team. So we used Star Wars Funkos, which do not have the best eyes for puppets. But I just wanted to arrange them. So I literally just positioned them and then snap photos with the iPhone and then airdropped them to my laptop and created a storyboard on a Google Doc. And then put captions in so everyone would have an idea, drew arrows where I needed to, like this character enters here and, and, and tried to make it look as close to a storyboard as I could. And it really did oh, Have working. you done directing before and filming? Uh, not, n- not really. I directed some live stuff with puppets, but I'd never directed puppets on camera. So, yeah, this was pretty much my first foray into into that. But I've been like puppet captain before, which is quite similar, as you know. So, um, yeah, just kind of overseeing and, and just having in the, having images in my mind like that, that the patient's POV shot of Lady Doctor and those puppets coming in you know, from up above was really hard physically to shoot. And trying to convey it to someone when you're not in the same room and space with them was was really hard. but. Um, yeah but Jen and Peggy were total troopers and but communicating over Zoom said, okay, now watch me, watch me, you're gonna come in and go ah, and then out you go and so but literally showing them over Zoom instead of in person. so we we kind of figured it all out um, as as we did it in a way but but the storyboarding really helped me sort of figure out what I needed that was I, I couldn't have done it without putting it on paper in some way.
3: Right, and how interesting and resourceful with using uh, action figures, you would also, I imagine, get a better idea of how things like shadows and and composition and like how lighting comes into play, like compared to something that's drawn on two dimensions, you know, you wouldn't necessarily always get an accurate um, perception of that sort of thing, but with um, actual little like 3D models with the action figures. You can kind of get a little insight into things that maybe a normal storyboard might not always be able to give sure. you.
4: Sure. Oh, things like like an over, like a two shot that it's over one onto the other. We would have to shoot it with that character in the center of the green screen. But then I would storyboard it and then focus on the upstage character, the character whose shot it was, so that this character is blurry in the background. And I can do that on an iPhone. But I wouldn't necessarily be able to do that if I was drawing it. So yeah, in that way it was really kind of cool, and f- much faster than drawing, at least for me. <laughs> and we got
1: those flicker campfire light bulbs and um, shipped them around to the different people who were sitting around the campfire, and then sent one to Louise in, in England as well. So those, that light matched the, 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 um, the light coming onto the characters who were sitting at the campfire. the reptile lights. <laughs> yes reptile
4: lights. yeah we knew and this was this is alice's genius we knew if we could pull off the master shot of the characters at the campfire we knew if we could pull that off we could pretty much do anything alice i'll let you talk about how you created that magic
1: that is my backyard and i took an old piece of plywood and i propped it up on deck chairs and uh, spread out uh, some weed barrier cloth and just threw dry leaves on it and got a ring of rocks out of my cactus garden and (laughs) ran an extension cord about uh, 100 feet from the house and put the little fire going in the middle and then just just all kinds of junk from my shed making the little laps. And um, fortunately I had just had a tree cut so I had some logs and those were their little chairs. Uh, but the log, you know, the little logs they're sitting on are this big. And
4: um, yeah, they're miniature. That's, and I didn't even know that. She sent us her, the photos and the footage. And then we went over to her house, safely distanced, of course. And I was like, oh my,
1: it's tiny. It's
2: not, it's, it's smaller a lot,
1: than a puppet even. It's, it's a it's, lot smaller than it would be if we built it for those puppets. So the scale changed, but Yeah.
3: Is really just supports a sort of no excuses mentality too like if ever you know the world goes best case scenario um everything goes back to normal quote and everybody's you know able to go out and hug and kiss and not worry about it again for a while and and uh filmmaking as we knew it you know can go back to how it was i feel like there's now because we've done things like this um there is sort of a like uh and no excuses, like, oh, come on. We, we were able to throw this together in our backyard and, you know, with some action figures, like, you can get this done. <laughs> like, there's, um, I feel like this is one of the sort of glass half full situations where there's so many new skills and ways to be efficient and ways to be resourceful that, that have been developed and born out of this adversity. So do you think that, um, I mean, obviously this, way of doing things, as you said before, you're not going to continue doing things exactly this way, if things, you know, go back to how they were before. But do you think there are elements of it that maybe could stand to be carried over and and made into the normal, um, just because you find that it oh, we can do it this way, and this works out really well, like using the action figures to, you know, storyboard scenes, like, hey, let's keep doing that just because it works better, you know? Are there any sort of things like that where you think, hey, this could stick. This is actually better than before. Let's, let's keep doing this.
4: I think absolutely. I think a lot of this will carry over. Um, I, I think any times like this that really push you out of your comfort zone and and push you to do things that you you didn't think you could do um uh you you just kind of got to jump on that train when it when it comes along and um yeah I mean a lot of this was really hard to do but it was it was always joyous and it was always thrilling to do and and still is because we're still working on it but um but yeah, and, and I think certainly in terms of puppetry, I mean, it, we wanted we wanted girls to see this show and be inspired to do their own puppet shows at home. And any kid with one of these devices can can do what we did, basically, or, or at least some sort of form of it. So that's that's really what we wanted to do. And I think inspiring people at home to to create their own content, sure, but also I think. It's it's a less expensive way to shoot puppet shows, so yeah, this might stick in in terms of that. And if but if it creates more work for all of us, wonderful.
3: And that's sort of the ultimate goal, isn't it? To to just make sure that um, the art lives on and that artists continue to thrive, um, no matter what adversity happens. You know, to keep inspiring. You know, I'm a I'm a 30 year old girl, and I was inspired by it. So and and just to hear you guys talk about it is um, you know, it, it really just I hope that anyone listening um really takes that to heart, that like there really barriers happen, but you can still make it work and you can still get it done and the art doesn't have to die just because there's this adversity. So that's you know people I'd write, say mission accomplished.
2: These things that are done because terrible things happen and magic happens, out of the terrible things. Think as Alice said, you know, we wouldn't have sat at home and gone, well, I'm working and I'm, you know, the world's all normal, so I think I'll make do something really difficult with people. <laughs> it's just it's ridiculous. It's mm-hmm. insane. But, but it happened and people worked out how to do it. It's insane. But wonderful.
1: Well, once, once Colleen came back in three hours with five scripts, it was like game on. And we all just stepped up and thought, okay, all right. And, and then these performances kept coming in with like the the commitment to a character that that came from Louise and and from Jen doing Lady Doctor and from Leslie doing that witch and just like the hugeness and completeness of those characters that happened in total isolation was so impressive to me. Yes,
4: um, and also the the team spirit of the women who had one line. In, you know, a big, you know, Christine Papalexis has a decades-long career. Michelle Zamora owns her own company. I mean, all of these these women who who heard what we were doing and were just they were just all in. And the the only everyone we asked said yes. And the only people who turned us down had had other commitments. But um, yeah, everyone wanted to do it. And and even they, they, they loved them, the mission and the message so much that they were willing to donate their time to, to say one line in a silly two and a half minute (laughs) show. So uh, that spirit was, was really wonderful.
3: Did you guys go like episode by episode in terms of creating them or did it would you do like bits and pieces from different episodes because everybody was sort of working on different things at different times so it depended on what you had available or was it sort of more traditional was like we're working on episode one now so you just focus on that and then episode two or was it more of a piecemeal situation? I can already see in your face you're like, no, it was
4: a mess. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> that would have been great, but no. Um, <laughs> well, we had to. We really had to work within everyone's uh, schedules because even with the lockdown, you know, people had schedules, of course. So we scheduled. We had. Um, I think we had 19 shoot days, and they were all in a row, sequentially. You know, 19 full days of shooting, and we we blocked it out. And so most people who had in just one episode. Their their shoot day was uh, a couple of hours. For the campfire team, their shoot day was about five hours. For all of their episodes, uh, all six episodes. So, um, so yeah. And it, as I said, we created a shoot space here for as long as we could. And then my daughter came home, so we had we got to clear out of here so that we we would do a drop off of all the equipment at someone else's house, and they would set up you know, our stuff at their home. And then um, finding, uh, you know, volunteers like our friend Michael Windsor, who puppeteered on Dark Crystal as a day player. I'd worked with him doing pajanimals for Henson years ago. And, and he kn- knew Louise and he had a, a setup at his home because he's also Basil Brush. And so he uh, helped Louise, you know, get set up. So we, we actually shot her at his house. And that's when Colleen and I set our alarms for 1.30 a.m. and shot with Louise between 1.30 a.m. and 4.30 a.m. And it was so fun. I was like, I can't, this is so surreal. I'm working, this is like a dream because it's the middle of the night, working with the, the legendary Louise Gold.
2: It was just amazing. The community of puppeteers and you know Mike, who, who I've known for years and lives near me, you know, and you people were just wanting to help and yeah. It's 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 awesome, and these women are so talented, so talented.
3: Just yeah, yeah. I mean, everyone's legendary. You know, these are all those of us who have been.
2: They're so good. Yeah.
3: (laughs) Absolutely right, Um, and and any anyone who's uh, been a puppet fan and a and a Henson Company fan, um, who. know if you if you look at the collective roster of everything that you've all done leading up to this and everyone involved has done it's just pick and choose things that have just defined people's entire childhoods and and beyond and so to have just a speck of that (laughs) just like you said to have one line from somebody it's it ultimately leads to something that in its own way is going to become legendary and the really cool thing about it is because this this time that this adversity again that created all of this this is a time in history that everyone is going to look back and remember you know however it ends up being resolved this is a time and a year that everyone is going to Um, have some sort of historical context for and this was the mark that you've all made on it and the message that you that you took away from it and and gave to future generations and um, does that occur to you as you're uh, you know in front of your iphone in your backyard with your chopped up tree and your bunkos and (laughs) are these all things that that you stop and remember because we hear so many stories from the set of age of resistance of um, all the puppeteers stopping and having moments and going, wow, this is big, this is huge. Um, for something like this, does that happen as well, where you go, you know, this maybe seems silly or feels silly right now, but this is actually huge and important. Um, is is that a constant feeling or is it just, were there moments where that hit you? Like, I'm doing something important right now.
2: I just hope I would not let them down. That was my individual feeling. (laughs) let me be doing this right but you know that's as a performer there's always that element of I just have to do my tiny bit as good as I can to be part of the whole because you can't you can't sort of do your line and think I think I'm part of some enormous thing it's too vast you just have to do the best you can of your little bit of it and hope yeah. something comes out of that
1: I think it was just, it was so experimental. I don't think there was any sense of, 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 you know, whether we were doing it just for fun or we were doing it to build community or we were doing it to, you know, just, just be doing something or, or if we were doing it to be making something that people were actually going to see. So this is so experimental. Uh, but I think, I mean, I love the way they turned out and, and I um, was just, blown away by the amount of work that Donna and Rich wound up putting into assembling the whole thing that that's unbelievable
2: yeah what an impressive undertaking the, the thing of comedy of trying to deliver lines when the other person is not the rhythm of it all I find that amazing how that has got together the rhythm of all the performers It's extraordinary
4: yeah I think a lot of that was luck I mean um a couple, I think only one spot did we have to slice a few frames out in, in, in order to, to make the timing fit. For the most part, we just, we really didn't. Um, it really helped, for example, in Alice's scene as the sensible one in Lady of the Flies, she pretty much, um, that, that moment of the slap, we just built before and built after that moment, but that was a period where the characters intersected. And so timing, why I just had a you know sense of timing. We shot Alice first, luckily of of those, and we're able to. I just I think we didn't even use your playback, Alice. I think I just I just had listened to you so much that I I read in as your rhythm and then allowed for a little bit of zoom delay. So I think I just pushed it a little bit and yeah, just built in the before and after. Yeah, i I'm not. It just a lot of it was luck too. I, I think <laughs> it just it's it was so crazy. And I look back and but I felt the same way, even though I I you know kind of had a, a larger role in Glop to play. I felt the same way as Louise, and I just didn't want to let people down. You know, i i I didn't want to I didn't want to let girls who might see this and be inspired. I didn't want to let them down either. Um, and I don't know, is that a woman thing or is that an everybody thing? I think that's an everybody
3: thing. Yeah, I think it's an innately human trait. Except for, uh, for people who just go for it and don't care what happens. <laughs> but, but who are they? Yeah. <laughs> who, are, who are these people? Maybe they're men, I don't know.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, Donna's partner's name, I just want to point out, his name is actually Rich Prince, which is uh, such a good name for a boyfriend, isn't it?
4: Yes. Wonderful. So I can tell my mom, mom, I'm, I met a rich Prince.
1: Finally.
3: (laughs) Exactly right. I was going to say the in-laws must love that. That's great.
1: (laughs) He's been incredible. And we had it, we had it, we had a uh, support from a number of lovely fellas, um, including you mentioned Mike Windsor and Tyler and uh, Drew was involved, but Rich has really, he has really gone to the mat for this project. So I just got to give him some props.
4: He, he is the guy who, who never, who is, he is the most supportive person I think I've ever known and to have him as my partner is amazing. And I would say, could we do this? Is this possible? He would say, yeah, yeah, we could do that. Yeah, I can make that work. Yeah, Like, wow. He, he just, he, he is literally the person who makes all my dreams come true. I get these crazy pictures in my head. Can we do something like this? And then...
3: Yeah. The best yeah. partnerships is like when you're two very supportive mad scientists who just like egg each other on. That's that's the goal, I think. That's <laughs> that's the yeah. ideal.
4: And he just loved it so he loved, he loves working with talented people. And he would just say, everyone is just so good. And he's st- we've seen each episode hundreds of times. He still laughs when uh when Alice slaps jean he still laughs when when Morgana screams uh, as as the dying patient. I, he he still laughs at Louise. Oh my gosh! It's um it's it's been a delight. It's just been a delight to see uh all these women do their thing. So great.
3: And uh, these characters that that you guys have created here were did much um, time before you just started filming it go into like developing the characters at all or was it just like with everything else, very experimental. You got in there, got your hand in the puppet and what came out came out and that's, you know, what went with it or were these like, was there any time and effort put in ahead of time? Like, no, but we really want uh madam lady friend to be this way <laughs> or um, was every aspect of it experimental or were these characters, was there inspiration behind them ahead of time? That sort of thing.
4: Well, uh... Colleen's writing is so great that uh, we felt her her characters and her voice, her tone uh, just gave us all as performers so much great information and all I think everyone involved knew Colleen and just her dry wit um, was 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 really helpful in informing us all of, of what it should look like and what it should sound like We all felt like with a few exceptions that our own voices were, were the funniest way to convey this kind of material. Um, and then uh, Louise put an interesting spin on this lady friend with her being uh, Irish. And uh, so that was fun and surprising. You, you, you also, that out of the
2: hat. All, we all the puppets all had to audition. We had to take pictures of our any puppets we had to send in for the casting process. My puppet was so nervous. That
3: <laughs> 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 yeah, it, just it, like right. quivering. Yeah, yeah. But we literally
2: well.
4: yeah we took we asked everyone to send in photos of any puppets that they had, and then we would kind of you know choose what we thought would work in combinations of puppets and such and um and then we we mailed you know little wardrobes to uh to to people like louise i did send um a puppet that i had to jen barnhart who played lady doctor so that's actually my puppet so i mailed it to her in philadelphia uh, but for the most part, we all used what we had, but I like that style to me, it's very Muppet style, where it's a combination of, of human characters, animal characters, and monster characters. That's pretty much exactly what we had, but um, uh, um, we've actually gotten a lot of support where puppet companies have offered us the use of their puppets for next time. Next time. Hang on, hang on.
2: wait, 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 next time? Yes!
3: We'll, fin-
4: we'll finish this time and then we'll do next time.
3: Yes. I'm sorry. Let's just have half an hour of Louise Gold freaking out. I love it.
1: Yeah, let's <laughs> let's just make one of those little loops about love that. Love
3: it. Oh, um, yeah, that's, I mean, wow, what a bunch of huge announcements you just dropped on us right there. Um, no pressure on me at all. <laughs> um. So that was actually gonna be what I asked next about um, from here, you know, is this this story, this set of characters, do you think it's, um, was there a plan for it to continue to a certain point? Um, was it just kind of, we'll get this much done and then see what happens? Um, or is it gonna be sort of like more of an anthology thing where like every few episodes, suddenly it's gonna be a different set of stories. Um, it's not gonna be the Campfire Girls anymore. Or is there a plan for, <laughs> for what comes next after this batch of episodes? Um, how much of that can you tell us about?
1: <laughs> it's been a little bit under discussion. I mean, I feel like I haven't seen enough of the Lady Trinity of the Vale's Girls' Catholic Summer Camp myself but uh there are also yeah i ideas for other things sure and um and once we can get in the same place at the same time we want to have some kind of in person jam sessions where we see what might come out of that too so yeah
4: yeah i think uh we we love our campfire uh team um awesome thinking also about other ways that we can do this: having as many women as possible, being being funny. Um, I think if we, yeah, I don't know. The possibilities are endless. But there's so there's so much talent, and uh, as I've said earlier, there's so much team team spirit in that everyone wants to play. And there are so many wonderful women puppeteers that we were not able to get, and so many um, women who were on Dark Crystal that we would love to get in. You know Helen and Kat and Becky and um, other ones, other puppeteers here who have done the Muppets. You know Julianne Busher, Stephanie Debruzzo from Sesame Street. So many um, that we would love to have in um, in the future. Um, so yeah, I think we can we can go anywhere at this point.
3: Yeah, what a big awesome experiment this is, and and we really are in a way all just kind of figuring out the best way to. Be our own mad scientist during this time and uh, to be able to just make the best of of what we have and say, you know, hey, what do I have in my backyard right now? And what can I do with my iPhone? And if if I can make Fraggle Rock on an iPhone, man, I can, I can do anything. (laughs) So,
4: yeah, I mean, truly without the pandemic, this idea, I don't think would ever have occurred. We, we had talked about, you know, wouldn't it be cool to have, uh, to do, have a female driven puppet sketch show. Uh, we had, had talked about that in the past, but we never thought about shooting it all separately and putting it together. So, um, so yeah, this is definitely a silver lining out of, um, of the pandemic for us, but you know, there. We've all had our dark days during this time period. My gosh, I had some days where I was like, I can't, I can't, I can't do glop today. Those didn't happen that often because honestly, it was like this is just all I want to do. Was mostly, mostly how I felt uh, in working on this. But yeah, it's it's hard. But I think just pushing yourself, pushing yourself out of it when you can, and, and resting when you need to. You know, but we're all just kind of figuring all of this out. None of us has been through this before. And so, you know, I needed to do something. I myself needed to do something and focus on something. And, and, you know, and,
2: and, and look what happened. And look at all the wonderful people. I keep thinking is, you know, the world is going on. There are lots of things going on. There's this terrible thing. But if you turn on the news, nothing else is happening. Things are happening all over the world that are nothing to do with this. And so to to concentrate on other things. Otherwise we're just all sucked into this nightmare. And it isn't the only thing that's going on. You know, the same bad things are going on and the same good things are going on all over the world. And we need to remember that and hang on. And this is one of our good things that
3: we can. It answer. really is. That's one of the ways that it's inspiring. It really, it shows that, you know, yes, it can be very overwhelming, all of the negativity that we're constantly being oversaturated with. Just like you said, when you turn on the news, it's like they want us to just dwell in it. (laughs) Um, And this is a way to uh, sort of embrace gratitude where possible, which which is very just... I have found to be one of the most important takeaways that anyone struggling during this time um, should should have right now is embracing any moments of gratitude. And um, you said silver linings, uh, glass half full, you know, and that's not as a way of ignoring what's happening or detaching from it necessarily, because you're taking, you're acknowledging, yes, this is the state of things, but there are things, seeds that can be planted out of it, you know, and um, that's really cool, and I think one of the ways that that's reflected in these stories is that they're not stories about the pandemic, you know, these aren't Uh, girls sitting around the campfire talking about you know they're not wearing masks and you know talking about how they're dealing with what's happening in the world right now because at the end of the day the rest of eternity isn't going to be 2020 and you've created something that's that's timeless and that you know when we watch it in five years like many of us are probably going to do um we won't just look at it and go, oh, this is a picture of that year I never want to relive again, right? It's looking at something we had to be grateful for and um, even somebody with no context, a child who's born in 2025, you know, in in 10 years is going to watch it, not having lived in 2020 and still enjoy it without that context. So... Mm.
4: Um, Here's hoping.
3: I, yeah. I, <laughs> that happens. I mean, um, so I think that, whether that was done consciously or if that was just born of the experiment and just something that organically happened because you just all wanted to get it done and see what happened, um, the end result was something that was simultaneously a reminder of what's happening in a good way, but also a nice escape from it at the same time. So whether or not that was intentional, um, I think it's much appreciated, much appreciated from those of us who watched it, so. Hats off to all ladies involved for that. It was a healthy uh, dose of gratitude for us. Uh, Wonderful. That's my diatribe for the day. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, thanks. Um, I think it would be a a disservice to uh, our listeners if I didn't open up the door to Thraw a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. And... um, I'm sure you've all spoken until you're blue in the face, even all of you have been on the podcast before talking about The Dark Crystal and your experiences with it before. But as I mentioned previously, my favorite types of discussions to listen to, just as a fan, are those where uh, the, the people involved just kind of relive the experiences that they shared together and share the little moments that, um, that they're always going to remember, so is there uh, a memory or a moment from your experience working on age of resistance or engaging with fans since age of resistance has come out that maybe you you haven't gotten the chance to talk about yet that that is just a nice little what's what's your pinch of gratitude for your experience? Let's go with that theme of gratitude what are what are we all grateful for uh, in terms of Age of Resistance and your experience with it, and now that
2: we, I am, I am so grateful to the people I work with. And I, I don't know. I think I may have mentioned this before, but one of the moments that stuck in my mind was when we were doing the battle scene, and I was helping Alice, just being a hand, I think, and, and we were getting Breyer's armor on, and it, and it was, or was it more It was. Some, we were helping. I was helping you get dressed, and I just thought, I love this so much i'm a hand and i'm just helping to make this look like a real thing with these wonderful people the 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 smallness of it and the beauty of it of making something like that happen and it's such a collaborative i love the collaborative thing of it of that there are two three four of you all combined to get this puppet looking like it is putting armor on That it can't do that is ridiculous again and that you'll do and i love that so much it's just so beautiful such a beautiful thing to be part of it
1: it we really became a cohesive team where we were just seamlessly moving from you know being a principal performer to then like doing somebody's little finger in one scene and then back to like getting to act a whole like big death scene to going back to moving a, a a book for someone else and it was just so wonderful the way we were able to move back and forth in those roles and all of it was intense and wonderful and fun and special and important and 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 and, and meaningful and yeah so I, I i concur and i'm also grateful for to tie the two things together to how many wonderful uh, female characters there were, and how many parts, and how much act, how much there was to just sink your teeth into. All three of us got to do wonderful character work on that, um, and you know that's something that. Well, I know it means a lot to Lisa and 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 Hallie, but you know it had meant a lot to 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 you know Will and Jeff and everyone who was involved in creating it. Was let's let's really. Let's make all of these characters amazing. And it gave us some opportunities that we, that we, you know, haven't had or haven't had in a long time. And it's, and it's, it was, it was wonderful. And I'm very grateful for those, for those, for those um, wonderful characters. And then for the people with whom we got to all bring them to life. So
2: Yeah.
4: And I, I, for myself, visiting the set, which is before I got the job, as I've said on the podcast before, and um, stepping into that world and um, meeting the puppeteers, seeing the process, seeing the vastness of just the, the, the production itself. It was so huge. And meeting Louise, that's when I met you, Louise, because I knew of you, of course, and, and you, um, you, we were walking to the second stage and you put your arm in mine and said, Donna.
2: Uh, walk with me for a
4: moment. I was like, oh, Louise Gold wants me to walk with her, too. Stella, <laughs> so I've heard of you, um, but you're, uh, I know you've worked with Henson, but what else have you done? It's like, oh, you want my CV? She was, yes, yes, please give me your CV, your CV.
1: <laughs> That's what such I- a good I- Louise, you sound just <laughs> like her. <laughs>
4: I'll give you anything, Louise Gold. You get
2: anything from me. Eh, 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 anything. Um, I, I but, don't think I approved your CV. I don't think <laughs> I <approved. laughs>
3: She put a little stamp on it. Like.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but visiting the set, uh, and, you know, I had,
4: uh, and being so jealous of the puppeteers who were there and just wanting to jump in so badly at that poddling in the bar scene with the day of the McFlurry and the, 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 the kissy face lady that you did, Louise. Um, so great, I wanted to jump in so badly, but, so my experience was different, but I, I always had that sense of like, holy cow, I'm, I can't believe I'm doing this. I can't believe I'm playing this character. And the, my big moment of, uh, was um, my last day of ADR, which was the big speech at the end of the series. And, We had done it a few times because they were still sort of, not shooting it, they were still piecing it together. So it was being written and rewritten and rewritten. And when it was locked and I did that version, wow, I just, I was thinking of, I was thinking of the, the dark times that our country has been through recent and, and not recent and just sort of wow what what just that particular moment i said wow just really enjoy this just really bring this home bring just just don't blow this Bring really bring this whole thing home and i i wow i i just i left it all on the floor that day man i just um it was but i just i just i walked out there going i can't believe how fortunate i am to to be this part in this project. I mean, I, I know we all felt that way, but that was my moment. Wow.
2: That was awesome. So,
3: yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm still having that moment kind of right now, <laughs> because this is sort of my way of being a part of that dark crystal legacy and the Henson legacy is, but you know, through these interactions I, I have with those who, who lived it. And it's just, to to experience it even secondhand is really just like being a part of something immense and and also just on a in a personal way as well, just because I was, you know, a, a little girl who have been watching the original Dark Crystal film since I was four and worshipping Kira since I could walk. Just she was the princess you know where you know a lot of little girls worship the disney princesses and while i did love my share of disney princesses kira was my princess but she was kind of in the original film the only female point of view and and voice um as a hero in the original film other than you know this figure of of agra being the the mother the mother earth right but we were wanting to we wanted to be kira and we wanted to have an agra in our life so through age of resistance and then also just the um the industry of puppetry now being so having so many amazing women in it it's just like that evolution for as an inspiration to the little girls who just held on to kira and agra and now that world is just so much more immense and Age of Resistance has so many more, you know, iconic madras, <laughs> queens for us to to look up to. And right. it's expanded on Agra. We are so much closer to Agra now through Age of Resistance and through your performance. It's
4: well and I big hats off to Henson for really making sure that you know so many puppeteers were women and that so many characters were were women and you know, I they've they've all as individuals been so supportive of our, our Glop project as well. I mean, they just they walk the walk. They they really creating women characters who have important things to say that are not necessarily about men. And you know, no offense to any dudes out there, but you know, it, I I think it's 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 not accidental that none of the Glop scripts are about about men they there's no reference to man at all but you don't even really notice it's not anti-man we're just talking about other stuff you know we're not none of us is the girlfriend or the wife you know and, and each of us has played the girlfriend or the wife at some point and each of us has been the token woman on a on a puppet show before so but but not on dark crystal and and certainly not on Glop. So Big, big hats off to the people who who make those decisions and make those things happen
3: yeah it's also pretty cool to consider that the the overall message of age of resistance is very heavily reflected in what you're doing now um, we've had our darkening so to speak <laughs> and we've you know risen and you have created you've you've you uh, have you have stepped out like like baby deep coming out of the tree and the sunlight hurts and you gotta you know wear your blindfold for a couple of minutes but you adjust and your your eyesight adjusts and you create something beautiful and um bring hope you know for beyond the darkening so in a way i um, in in many ways i feel that this this new little series that you've all birthed is very heavily tied to the the theme of the dark crystal and the entire message of it and um just maybe that wasn't something that uh occurred to you as you were creating it but it is highly relevant um and and very those of us who are dark crystal uh, maniacs definitely picked up on that
4: <laughs> <laughs> oh that's great i mean i, I think like it yeah they you couldn't find any things that are you know more tonally uh uh, far farther apart, perhaps but uh, but yeah, I think that a lot of the spirit is is certainly there for sure
3: Definitely, mm-hmm. I mean I, I have to say um, It has been an absolute honor and a privilege to get a little insight um, to what it's like to truly be a, a glorious lady of puppetry and just if there's any other glorious ladies out there that you would like to take the opportunity to shout out and, you know, give, give some credit to, please do. Let's, let's just, let's celebrate oh, together. So many, so, so many.
1: many, so many. Uh, did we mention Angela, the composer? We didn't talk about her. Oh my
4: gosh. Oh, I, I, I had, I worked with many composers in Los Angeles and had never Uh, Worked with a woman composer before. So I reached out to a composer who's a good friend I've worked with on many Henson shows. And he said, I know just the perfect person, Angela Parrish. She's amazing. She's an amazing songwriter. She's an amazing singer. She's the voice of the lady in the yellow dress at the beginning of La La Land. Right. Um, So she's just such an incredible artist. And she was so fun and so surprising. She created everything from jazz to creepy, scary music to cool Celtic Island music and our, our cool theme song. And she's so thoughtful, um, in all the music that she created. She's just been just an absolute delight to work with. Amazing.
3: That's awesome. Uh, and the music is really great. She, she did, she killed it. It's, it's awesome. And it does go to all those different places, like you said, and it's, it's amazing how, how many moods uh, you've all managed to accomplish in just a couple of minutes for this, this little clip and, um, I'm really excited to see, you know, what happens next and even when the adversity lessens a little bit and it's no longer necessarily a requirement to do it via Zoom and to be hundreds of miles away when you do it, but when and if, when, not if, when that day comes, when that's no longer necessary, um, it's probably pretty encouraging to know that you at least have that in your tool belt, um, to know that these are other things you can add to your list of skills you can, you can bust out if things get dark <laughs> and things get rough. And um, I think we're all really curious to see how those experimentations will continue to be utilized even in a world when we don't necessarily need them anymore. Um,
4: yeah, we're curious to see too. Yeah. We, we wanna know what happens next too.
3: And are you all hoping to continue this series and this, this particular project, even in that state of the world, when, it, when it's no longer born of adversity and born of necessity, when it's just, we can do this now, let's just keep going.
4: When we can be in the same room and, and hug yeah. each other, uh, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. uh-huh.
3: Um if there is a an actual ladies night celebration glop party, like I'm happy to MC like
4: just you are, my name out there. <laughs> <laughs> Done. Um,
3: I can be glorious too. I'll try. <laughs> you are glorious.
1: Thank you for all the support over this past year, Sydney. Yes. Thank I mean, you.
3: It has been uh just the the brightest source of light during this darkening too be able to connect with so many uh, inspiring creators who have played a, such an integral role in things that have inspired me my whole life since, since I was a, a wee four-year-old child and, and beyond. So um, it's, it's very, very just encouraging and inspiring or that I'm just gonna keep going back to it. There's so much to be grateful for right now. And uh, so thank you all. Thank you to Louise, to Donna, and to Alice, and to all the glorious ladies out there um, who were explicitly shouted out and otherwise, all of you listening. Thank you so much for uh, giving us things to be grateful for during this time. So it is. has, uh, with that, I think we'll wrap up our episode. And uh, I am just, I gotta say thank you all. A- any closing uh, statements we'd like to make, anything uh, you'd like to plug, out there, you know, where can people look forward to what's coming next? Where, where do you want to direct our listeners to in our last moments together?
2: I don't I to say thank you because when we did the Dark Crystal Convention just before all this happened, it was so humbling to see what it meant to people and the art they had made inspired by it. So it's like passing the flame on to people who are inspired and make their own art. And that I would like to salute that and say carry on, and go forward with it, with anything you were inspired with. Them. From Arturo, from art
3: It's it's so great to hear you guys shout things like that out because even right now there is actually uh, an art competition and a uh, fan fiction a writing competition happening set in the uh, the theme of Thraw with like a holiday theme around it right now that's actually being run by. Um, the, the Great Conjunction, the, um, the convention that, that you spoke of, it's actually, you know, sponsored by that organization that's happening right now. So fans are, fans are creating their little butts off right now in the world of Thrasse.
1: Fantastic. So. Louise's great. speech thanking the fans at the Great Conjunction is Don't even priceless. <laughs> <laughs> if there's anyone out there who has not, I, I don't know where it can be accessed. I'm sure it's it can be. It's it on, YouTube. on YouTube.
3: Now. It's well, worth
1: a it's worth a watch and a listen. It is it is something else. Yeah. But
3: Remove uh your mascara all... before you listen to it, uh, ladies. <laughs> it is
2: whew. I was just so moved by, you know what what it, you know, and again, as I say, humbling, we do something and you don't know where it lands. You never know. You do it and you hope it's good and then you let it go. And it has a whole life and takes on a whole and a whole other existence with what people get from it and their art, these so talented
3: people taking it on. Transcendent. Yeah. yeah. Hugely. Anyone else? We had Donna and Alice. What else? Who where where do we want to direct people's ears right now?
4: Well, I I certainly can't uh, top what Louise uh, said and how beautifully she said it. I would just you know, if you guys want to follow us on social media, please do. We're on, you know, Glop on on Facebook, glop.us or glop.us as we call it uh, on the on the web. And then we are glopstagram on Instagram and then glop is glorious on Twitter.
3: Once again, uh, thanks to our amazing special guests for our first ever, uh, hopefully not the last ladies night we have here on trial by stone. Um, I've, I've been Sydney and thank you so much. Don't forget to check us out on, uh, on Patreon on all our social medias, go join the crystal shard on Facebook and, uh, check out our YouTube channel. So you can see all of these glorious ladies, glorious faces as well. And, uh, we will chat with you next time. Thank you, everyone, for listening, and thank you to our guests. Woohoo! Woohoo! Thank you, Yay! Sydney. Thank you, Sydney. Thank you. Bye.
0: If you'd like to get in contact with the show, you can do so at darkcrystalpodcast at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash darkcrystalpodcast. Follow us on Instagram at darkcrystalpodcast and on Twitter at darkcrystalpod. Thank you all so much and stay tuned for the next episode of Trial by Stone. This podcast is brought to you by ThamesCon, bringing conventions to Oxford and London, including The Great Conjunction, the first ever dark crystal convention in the world. For more information, visit their website at www.thegreatconjunction.com.